On today's episode of the Figaro Files, we got a lot of Lakers talk. It's been a while, so we had to catch up a little bit. Huge win against the Nuggets last night. What rotations do the Lakers need to use moving forward? Hope last night was clear evidence of what we got to do. Thanks for tuning in, guys. All right, here we go. have a very Laker heavy episode here today, but it's about that time of year. So buckle up and get ready. We're going to start off first with the game last night against the Nuggets in Denver. Huge, huge win for the Lakers um, against a team who's currently sitting in second in the West. Uh, Most importantly, biggest takeaway from the game probably is the fact that um, the Lakers now have a five-game cushion for the first seed going into the All-Star break. It's pretty good. There's only about 29 games left to play after the All-Star game. So good cushion for the Lakers to have. Um, And that's a good quality win. Denver's a really good team. They're a reason why they're the second-best team in the conference, and they have a very, very good home court advantage. So really good game for the Lakers. Um, But let's get into it. We're going to start off with the bad. The good, the bad, the ugly. We're going to start off with the bad. Kuzma and Rondo. After I posted a snippet on Instagram of me trying to say that they were going to be the X-Factors, which I still stand by if Vogel's going to continue playing them in their roles. But if this game wasn't a sign to not play Rondo, I don't know what is. He was minus five with two points and one assist. That's just awful. That's not winning basketball if your backup point guard, your primary ball handler in your second unit only has one assist and two points. If you watched the game yesterday, when Rondo went out and Caruso went in the first time, that's when the Lakers went on a run and took the lead in the second quarter. What happened in the second half? Rondo comes out, Caruso plays the whole fourth in overtime, and the Lakers come back and win the game. Every Laker fan is seeing it. I just don't get how the coaches aren't. I don't know if it's politics. I don't know if it's racism because Caruso's white. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, that's a joke. But I don't know. Caruso, obviously, something works with him on the court, and they're not playing him enough. But we'll get to that later. And then Kuzma, our little Hollywood darling. A quality 16 minutes. Three points and a net rating of minus 11. You just, you hate to see it. And I, and this is my biggest thing. And like I said yesterday, I still do think if he can give us like 15 points a game, that changes everything because he can provide scoring off the bench. But 
the thing with Kuzma is he's not a scorer. I think there's this false narrative set around him that he's some isolation scorer just because of how he played his like rookies, rookie and sophomore season in the NBA. And that's just not true. He doesn't have a good handle. He's not explosive. He can't be relied upon to be a scorer just by himself. He's a very good cutter. He's good at playing off the ball. Um, when his shot's falling, he's a good catch-and-shoot shooter. So they he needs to play to his strength. And I don't know. I just think it's crazy that you don't trade a guy. I know he's on our team now and we can't trade him, but it's crazy that you can't trade a guy that doesn't even finish the game. He didn't even close out the game. He played 16 minutes, and he's supposed to be your third option. That's insane. doesn't work like that. Um, moving on to some better, more positive um, performances of last night. Caruso, probably the biggest one. Plus 23 when he was on the court. That is insane. How, like, how do the coaches not see this number? Plus 23. 10 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. That's insane. That Give all of Rondo's minutes to Caruso, please. Obviously, something is working with that. Um, another thing with Caruso, too, is watch him. He plays so hard. He never takes possessions off. He's really, really good at reading situations both defensively and offensively in terms of knowing when to rotate on defense and knowing when to cut off ball or set picks on offense. Um, he's arguably one of the better defenders on the Lakers. Uh, not even arguably. He is one of the better defenders on the Lakers. And last but not least, I know there's the term sneaky athletic. Caruso is not even sneaky athletic. He is just very athletic. He's a good athlete, and athletes are good to have on the court when you're trying to win games. So Caruso... He, he was amazing last night. Very good off the bench. Um, Dwight Howard, and a, a, a great, great game. Love that Vogel started the second half with Dwight instead of JaVale. I thought that was huge. Dwight had 14 and 11 rebounds. It's perfect coming off the bench. Um, KCP didn't have that good of a game, but he hit his shots when he needed to, which is huge. Good to know that even though if he's having a subpar game, we can still count on him to hit shots when we need to. He had a couple in the fourth that were huge. He hit one with about four minutes left to cut the lead to, I think, 106 to 103. This is when the Nuggets were up. That was just absolutely gigantic. It was coming out of a timeout. Denver had all the momentum. It was later in the shot clock. It wasn't even that good of a shot, but he got it off and made it, and that was huge because it killed the momentum and uh, only put the Lakers down by three. Um, so KCP struggled, but... Made shots when you needed to. That was good. And then, obviously, our two workhorses, our two all-stars, the best duo in the NBA, AD and LeBron. I mean, I don't know what more can you say. LeBron with 32, 14, and 12, just absolutely beasting. Um, there's that player, gosh, I'm blanking on the name for the Nuggets, but who talks shit to LeBron in the first quarter, and that's when LeBron just flipped the switch. Uh, we definitely saw a little glimpse of playoff Braun. Braun was playing pretty hard. That win meant a lot to him. If you didn't see his emotions after the game. Um, that was a huge win for the Lakers. Big win against a really quality opponent. Um, and then AD. AD turned into Clay Thompson for a little bit at the end with a, with a couple of handful of those clutch threes. AD with 33-10. 
two assists, two blocks, two steals. AD always active on the defensive end. And that's such a quality to have when one of your stars is that committed to defense. Um, Anthony Davis obviously should be up there for defensive player of the year, if not win it. He's been amazing. It's awesome to have him on the Lakers. And a reminder that he's only 26. Um, yeah, but really, really positive, positive game. Um, but my biggest takeaway from it moving forward, and it's hilarious because of what I was going to put on put in this episode, but I'm taking it out now about my post on Instagram of Kuz and Rondo being X-Factors. What is going on with those guys? I just don't understand how inconsistent they have been this season. Rondo's been a professional for how many years? And he can't perform some sort of consistency. It's almost like I feel Rondo's trying too hard when he's out there. Um, Kuz, I just don't know what the kid's deal is. He's too worried about his self-image other than how he plays, which is funny because if he was really worried about how he looked, he'd worry about how he played because he's not playing well. Um, I still, if Vogel, Vogel has a decision to make. If he wants to be successful and he should use last night's game as a perfect example, he needs to move Rondo into more of a Jared Dudley role. Play him when you need him. He's a veteran. He'll be ready. But Caruso should be the backup point guard. It is more evident than ever right now. And yeah, we can be prisoners of the moment and take this one game sample size. But if you look at the whole season, it's been going on the whole season. Rondo and Kuzma are just too inconsistent. And if the whole Laker fan base can see it, the coaches just have to. Even like Vogel said in his post-game press conference, Caruso's a secret weapon. Dude, your secret weapon could play more. Play him more. It doesn't matter. People in the NBA know who he is. Just play him. Um, but I just I've never been more down on Kuzma ever than I am right now in my Lakers fandom just because he was supposed to be the guy off the bench. He was supposed to be the complimentary piece to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and he can't even finish games. He played 16 minutes last night. 16 minutes. How's that supposed to work? I just don't understand it. I look at it and I just see that could be Marcus Morris, but like I said, we can't change anything. This is our team moving forward. Um, but yeah, all right. So switching gears and kind of just focusing on the Lakers post all-star break. I think it's really important for this team right now that they actually get a break a week off a week away from the game for some that aren't in the all-star game, but just to rest, um, a team like the Lakers when they're more kind of veteran based, the all-star breaks great. Cause it's just a time for them to relax, unwind, get away from basketball, and kind of recharge. Historically, LeBron teams always make their runs after the All-Star break, which I think is huge. And if there's a team in the NBA that needs a break from basketball, it's the Lakers. With everything they had to deal with, with the passing of Kobe and everyone involved in that tragic accident. Um, they had a very up-and-down past month, which hasn't really been the story of the Lakers season. Usually they've been pretty consistent, but the last month, has definitely shown the most inconsistency, rightfully so. I mean, I can't even imagine what the organization's going through. I know personally a lot of us have been going through 
really, really tough time, and we didn't even know Kobe personally. So I can't even imagine what they're dealing with. And to play basketball on top of that is uh, pretty crazy. But that leads me into kind of my last point of this. I'm over this bullshit narrative that's going out in the media. Saw it, Shannon Sharp said it. I think someone on ESPN said it too. But this bullshit narrative that the Lakers have to win the championship for Kobe. I, like, why put pressure on guys like that? I think that's such a false narrative to have around the team. If anything, this team should get a pass for what they have to have or what they have gone through this season. It's absolutely bullshit. I never understood that. That's been going out in the media. Win it for Kobe. Win it for Kobe. Yeah, it would obviously be great to win it for Kobe. But to add that pressure and to have that narrative in the media, the players obviously have seen it, and it's going around. I think, truthfully, it's unfair for the Lakers. And this is when the media gets involved and fucks everything up. Like, you don't need to go out and – Shannon Sharp, this was like a day or two days after Kobe died, and you're going to go around and put out this headline that the Lakers have to win the championship now? They don't have to do shit, man. That's just a load of bullshit. I can't believe – and this just kind of goes on with the problem with the traditional media now on ESPN and first, or first take and undisputed. All these guys are just spewing bullshit that they don't even believe just because it's a hot take and it will make a headline. And when it goes on to someone who had just passed away, that is absolute bullshit. Stop that shit. And I don't really got much more to say on this episode. I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but we'll be back to posting one to two episodes a week along with we got some videos coming out that I'm super stoked on that we went up to Staples Center and filmed. Uh, so thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for following along. Um, yeah. All right. Hope you guys have a good day and a good weekend. Peace. Rolling down Imperial Highway The big nasty red out of my side Santa and the wind's blowing hot